Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life podcast. For those of you who don't know, this is the next version of the old podcast that was Creative Writing Career. We're 2.0 Evolved, and I'm Justin Sloan. I am P.T. Hilton. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. I'm Paul Zeidman. <laughs> did did you notice that Paul kind of sounded distant again there for a second? <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was he please. was in he was still in 2019 <laughs> for a second, and then he yeah. he joined us. Yeah, catching up as fast as I can, guys. There we go. <laughs> yeah, so today uh, we are excited. I'm exhausted because I was driving around Hollywood all day, and that it ties in a lot what I was talking about with these guys and figuring out who I am and what's going on. Uh, we want to talk about defining who you are as a writer and. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, we have some subtopics in there that are exciting. But first, what's up, guys? Anything exciting? Watching anything cool? Reading anything cool? Uh, I'm, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'm watching currently uh, the show You, season two. Oh, what is, is that? Uh, I saw that, but I don't know what it is. It's like, yeah, it's like this uh, this guy who's kind of like a stalker killer kind of guy. Who's the? Hmm. It, I don't like stalker killers. Okay, well, you may not like this then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's a the the premise of the book, which um, they did a pretty good job adapting it into the TV show. The book was kind of like told in the second person, so it's like the killer guy uh-huh. writing to his like victim, like I watch you walk down the street and do that. But but it's really well done. It is a cool book. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Second season is not quite as good as the first season, but it's all right. Okay. And, well, it's been a while since I've been uh, part of the recording, so I have a couple of items that I can check off. Uh, so uh, I saw Rise of Skywalker. Uh, longtime Star Wars fan. I liked it. I wanted to love it, but I just couldn't. I think the writing was on the weak side, and I think they were trying to appeal to the fanboys too much. I mean, I, I really appreciate what J.J. Abrams was trying to do, but I think that a uh, real you know, thumbnail review here, just trying to... I don't. I've I've seen this a lot in reviews. Course correct what they did in Last Jedi and trying to like, oh no, yeah, we we didn't mean it and and that that sort of thing for Rise of Skywalker. There were parts I really liked and there were parts I just like, oh, that was just you know they could have fixed that so much with you know with just better writing. So you know I enjoyed it. Uh, I wanted to like it more, but overall you know I was content with that. I give it maybe a B B minus maybe. Um, so and you know that was an experience. And then uh, over the holidays. Uh, I watched uh, the season three of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. I've just yeah. I like that show a lot. Uh, some interesting choices with the characters on that, and uh, because uh, I'm fortunate enough to be a member of SAG-AFTRA, so I've been getting my screeners in the mail and digitally downloading them. And uh, my wife and I watched Jojo Rabbit, and it was wonderful. Nice. Uh, loved it a lot. You know, I think one of the best reviews I read was like, "It's really, really funny until it's not." And I said, "Wow, yeah, that sums it up in a nutshell." Because it's you know, it's got some amazing. The writing's great. The acting is phenomenal. And you know, just the way they went with the story, just so many surprises that I just completely caught me off guard. And I just thought it made it that much better. So uh, that's what I've seen. And uh, definitely, if you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, definitely, I highly recommend that one. Nice, nice. Um, Dracula here. I've been. I watched the first two episodes of Dracula like that quite a lot it's a netflix miniseries or something show of some sort um and i had fun with it and each episode is kind of its own thing so that's fun you know like its own story so you just watch one or the other one and it doesn't really matter um yeah lots of fun i'm a big fan of these stories you know the dracula uh dracula untold was that the one i think that or just is that what it is 
the one that came out like I don't know five years ago or something. That's the one you I, always defend, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that one. It's uh, my perfection ideal that everybody seemed to hate in the world except for me, uh, and my fans. Actually, I, I started talking about it in my fan group of my readers. And they're all like, yeah, the movie's amazing. So apparently I found my posse in nice. the books that I write. <laughs> yeah. So the one, you're, the one you're watching now, is that is that on uh, Netflix? Yeah, it just launched like this week or last week but or something. Now, is, is that also the same one that was on the BBC? Because I've seen a lot of that. On, or is it two separate things? It's only three episodes so far, so I doubt it. Yeah, it was on the BBC. It was, it's it was the same thing? Yeah, it's the Stephen Moffat. The, <laughs> Those jerks. The, uh, <laughs> How Sherlock dare they? and D- Doctor Who guy. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's fun though. It's uh it's it's dark for sure. Um definitely you know, it's not it's not at all like Dracula Untold for people who listen to me compare them just now for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that I'm a fan of period piece uh Dracula type stuff, vampire stuff. So You're just nice. trying to become the go to Dracula guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of vampire shows lately that I've been noticing, and I'm not a big fan of those. So I think it's more the classical type stuff, you know, the classical feel. And that ties in, I won't spoil it, but uh, episode three I'm not as big of a fan of, and um, I don't know how to say it without spoiling. So I'll just say it, leave it at that, and we'll come back to it some other day when people have all seen it. Nice. <laughs> well, in your uh, in your profile picture, I could see you being a vampire. You've got a little bit of a vampire. I am a vampire. Vampire yeah. uh, edge going on there. Yeah, for people who are wondering, this is my um, Ralph Fiennes uh, look that I'm going for here. It's a <laughs> nice. when I'm older, when I'm a little older and more gaunt. Is that the word I'm looking for? <laughs> uh, I'm going to become the American Ralph Fiennes. That's my goal, with a bigger head, of course. Of course. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So, defining yourself as a writer, and and why we wanted to talk about this, why we started talking about this, is uh, Paul had talked about writing outside of our comfort zones. So let's start there. Like when we're early on starting to write, you know, especially a lot of listeners, uh, but even ourselves, I'm sure we'll have some stories about that. Uh, we're trying to figure out what we're who we are as writers, and we might start writing weird, random stuff that's not us, or we might try to follow a trend that you know is outside of our expertise and maybe our comfort zone and then maybe you real quick realize hey this isn't my thing why am i doing this i don't know do you have any stories that directly relate to this or reasons you wanted to talk about it paul well in a way because i just finished writing a, a, a rewrite rewriting a short script for a friend and it was kind of like uh like a crime thriller and i've never written anything like that before but he, he said you know you know just do what you want with it have fun feel free to change things around and so you know i've seen a lot of crime thriller movies and i just thought well you know it, what would i want to see in this so i just decided to you know take a different approach to what the uh, other writer had done and you know I, and that's exactly what i did i had fun with it and just changed it around and i had a 10 page limit and so i was very concerned because I was uh, outlining it. That's that's my method. I outline like crazy before I start on pages, and I got to like page three of the outlining, and I was thinking, is this going to be like? Am I up to like page twelve by now? And I just thought, you know, I'll just see what I can do, and you know, got to a certain point. And I said, okay, I have to start on pages so I at least have some kind of perspective, and you know, I just, I don't want to say I played up the tropes, but I had fun with the tropes of the genre, and it was something I'd never really tried before. And fortunately for me, this time it actually worked out. I mean, I've tried writing comedy and I've gotten mixed results on it. I've had people say, you know, well, this isn't funny. And I've had people say, you know, this this is really funny. So, uh, and the, the part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is that you know, writing this short, 
But it also reminded me that, you know, I've had uh, writer friends who contact me and they say, hey, we read my script and give it notes. And it might be a genre I I am not familiar with writing at all. But, you know, a friend said, you know, could you read it? And I was like, you know, I might as well give it a try because I might not appreciate the genre, but I can appreciate good storytelling. And if while I'm reading this, it scares me or I'm, you know, feeling you get the goosebumps, then that writer is doing their job for some, especially for someone like me, who's not a fan of the genre. You know, I don't know what to expect and I don't know what is expected of me. So I just thought, you know, I'll just read it, you know, cold. And I read it and I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not again, it's not something I would write, but I think that's important for any writer that you know you know what you're good at or it might take time for you to get to know what you're good at but then you also have to don't feel like you have to stay limited to that one thing feel free to expand your horizon so to speak you know get out there you know if you have a friend who says hey will you read this and it's not something you would ever write you know don't just say i don't read that just say you know i'll give it a try you know that's the best you can do yeah reading for contests uh you often have to read a bunch of Stuff that you would never have uh, tried to write, probably, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, have we written anything, uh, PT, that you feel was outside of your comfort zone that you and I worked together on? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it was a, it was a four book series. The uh, the the Valerie like space opera stuff, like space uh, opera. Yeah. Spot space opera is very outside of my comfort zone for sure. Um, but you know, and, and I, I think I think people liked it. There's some people didn't, but. But I think we, uh, I think I brought enough of myself to it, and I think kind of Paul hit the nail on the head as far as like I kind of know what I'm good at, and I was able to bring that stuff to that series, even though the the genre might not be one that I that I'm going to be writing in all the time. Um, it was yeah. it was a fun experience, and and, uh, and I think getting out of, outside my comfort zone was positive in in that instance. Uh, there's been a couple times, a couple genres that I've tried to write in where I was just like I got like three four chapters in, and I was like you know what, this is not, I could not do this. And the two examples I can think of are one time I tried to write a, a post-apocalyptic book that was like um, kind of the like straight up survivalist, like post-apocalyptic stuff where there's a, you know, uh, the world collapses and this one guy is trying to run around and survive. And, and I just, I, it just wasn't working for me. And then the other one was I tried to write like an, like an erotic thriller kind of story, which oh, was, yeah. <laughs> which was what I was just sitting there like being I guess I'm approved maybe but I was just sitting there being super embarrassed while I was writing it even though no one was reading it <laughs> and I was like yeah I don't think I don't think this is uh <laughs> this is for me and he, and he knew everybody at Starbucks was watching him <laughs> yeah stop <laughs> looking at me <laughs> so, so, so that, I want to direct the question to you Justin like I mean you you're pretty prolific with all of your you know a lot of it's science fiction but you know did it take you time to kind of settle into that or did you kind of like explore a few other genres or did you just start out saying this is what I want to write and you just kind of had at it? Well, I think it's to your point of writing or whoever made the point of writing uh, what you enjoy into whatever you're writing. Uh, of course, finding that happy zone too because I have also tried to attempt a few genres because I like reading them or watching the movies of that style. So I thought, oh, I could write it probably and then realizing real fast, no, I cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, with Space opera, sci-fi stuff, what I've realized is some of these people love to write like five-chapter space battles. I could probably not stand to read that, and therefore I don't try to write that. (laughs) So when that stuff's happening in my books, I take the George R. R. Martin approach, which is he doesn't really write big 
battles in his books. You know, there's lots of big battles on the TV screen of HBO's version, but in his books, not so much. He focuses on the character and what's going on with the character during that time, whether they're just taken prisoner and you only see them while you hear the battle going on behind or, or something else. Uh, and that's what I do a lot of. Uh, and, I, and I've enjoyed that process. And going back to your question, though, one thing I've always kind of joked around about uh, is that I don't I've never considered myself anything other than a fantasy writer. I just happen to write fantasy in space. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> whether that's superheroes and, or 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 sometimes straight what looks like straight sci-fi but in my mind i'm still just writing a fantasy book it just doesn't have magic because <laughs> because i come from reading mostly fantasy books like martin and sanderson and scott lynch and, and these other ones and i love it um and, and i guess the big point is there like i'm not going to get into the details of all the different like i've been reading some of these uh, other books lately like my competitors i guess you would say and, and in a way i'm probably not exactly our competitor because the readers who read these books aren't the same ones that would love my books for these reasons which is what i'm trying to say uh they get into a lot of the details about like the different kinds of guns and the different uh things about the ships that are mm. making fancy you know and, and that's never been what interests me uh i guess i'm more of a uh, and so this is what was finding uh, myself in these books right is because i was originally thinking like i, I want to write um there's this book called Starship's Mage, which is, you know, as you would imagine, it's like magic in space. And I loved it. It's Glenn Stewart. He's, he's a great, great author. And uh, so I started kind of writing that. And then that evolved into like a superhero thing where I was like, I'm actually more interested in doing superheroes, but in the same thing. So that could be more my angle. Space opera with superheroes. And um, and, and finding that. And, and I think, yeah, I just, I, I wrote a couple. I wrote one called Project Destiny, and that became a series that ended up being more thriller. Originally, I think I meant that to be more sci-fi. Uh, I'm sorry, I meant more space opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it, I ended up taking it to Earth. And then like the last two books are mostly on Earth and then a little bit going back up to a space station, but nothing crazy. Um, and then from there, it ended up going more into the superhero route. Uh, which, yeah, so it's it's always just been for me writing and sitting back and going, life sucks, I suck at this, I'm horrible. And then realizing, oh, stop trying to write what you're not good at and just focus on what you are good at. Yeah, actually, I, actually uh, and I think PT raised a really good point earlier about reading for contests. You know, I've done that too. And that many times I will read a script and the, the writer, for the most part, rips off a story or a movie that's you know already, uh, already out. It's well known. I mean, I remember one script to me... It, it, apart from just a couple of minor details, it was almost the exact same story as Aliens. <laughs> and I thought, you know, you know, it's, you know, so the writer knows what they want to do, but maybe they're just so influenced by other uh, works in that genre that, you know, it's hard for them to really, you know, you know, what makes what you write different from, you know, the other writers in that genre? Like for you got, you know, for you, Justin, it's, you know, science fiction, space opera. I mean, you know, that's a pretty broad topic, but, you know, for some people, it's hard to like you know you they just can't get Star Wars out of their head, and so, so they're like you know everything's like well wait you know you have a you know a farm boy who goes on a mystical quest and he's got to save the princess so, you know there's something really familiar about this and you know and then they're disappointed that you know nobody's interested or they call it unoriginal so I mean I think that's the biggest struggle for a lot of writers is you know it's not only finding your voice but you know what is it about your voice that makes your work and you unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually so, been getting a lot of reviews le- lately on my newest ser- series. That keep there's been like three people who said this is Stargate meets Game of Thrones, 
which mm. is for me like the biggest compliment I can ever get because I love both of those properties uh, to a high extent. Um, how do you answer that question? I guess I will say uh, characters and where the emotional uh, pull is coming from because I'm all about the character-driven stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people are more plot and it's just like plot and spaceships exploding. Uh, for me, it's all about the character and where those emotional journeys are going, and that's what really makes me care about a story as well. Uh, what, what about you, PT? You have an answer for that one? Uh, I think for me, like it, it always comes down to to secrets. Like whatever genre I'm writing in, there's got to be. Um, it's always people keep it secrets. Like I don't know, I don't know why why that is, but it's always it's always that uh, a character it's for some reason not you know has some kind of secret that they're that they're uh not revealing and kind of figuring out why they're not revealing it and when the uh-huh. most impactful time to reveal it that's always my kind of in seems like yeah michael j sullivan talks about that a lot too oh, nice good company do you, <laughs> do you guys um kind of talk, thinking about like the development what would you say is like your biggest the biggest difference between your writing now versus when you started aside from like it's just you know better better writing aside from that like like do you feel like you've grown like uh in any other ways besides just like you know putting sentences together better yeah paul you want to go first or i have one if you yeah don't. yeah actually uh yeah because i read because uh, we moved uh, at the end of august and uh, part of that involved me having to clean out my office and i found a script i must have written like Oh God, like 15, 16 years ago, it was a hard copy and I read through it as, oh my God, it was just awful. You know, the writing was just bad that I knew what I wanted the story to be, but I was still trying to figure out not just the craft, but also, I guess you'd call it the right way to tell a story on the page, that there was a lot of just, you know, poor writing overall. And, you know, the the characters were, you know, I guess to me, kind of weak and it just... I think it's just about, I don't know, developing the craft that, you know, it's always going to suck when you start out. But, uh, you know, I look at the stuff I wrote when I first started and I look at it now and it, it's, it's not just about how it reads, but it's also about, you know, what's on the page. You know, it, does the character seem a little more developed? Is the story a little more complex? Is it not just, you know, well, you know, the two people sitting at a restaurant talking? It's, you know, what's, you know, what's, what's the subtext of the scene? You know, how does this fit into the place of the story? If I took this scene out of, this, out of the script, would it make a significant difference? And in the beginning, a lot of times, uh, it didn't really matter where the scenes were because it was just a big jumble. But now, I guess that because I've become so, I don't want to call it organized, but I want to call it more, and I don't, definitely don't want to call it meticulous because I'm all over the place sometimes. Uh, I think it's just more structured so to speak about putting a story together that it's just taken me time to be able to hone those skills and I think you know you look at my stuff from early on you look at my stuff now yeah it's almost impossible to believe it's the same writer Mm -hmm. yeah I think I've just gotten worse probably (laughs) (laughs) Uh, joking of course Uh, I hope Um, so I'll give my answer and then I'll wonder if anybody who's ever read my scripts will email me and tell me I'm wrong but what I would hope is there and what I think is there is that I'm much more focused um, and what I mean partially in that is I'm much more focused on some of the things that you talked about uh, on you know the the basic storytelling techniques that we learn over time like pacing mm-hmm. and making sure that every scene is there for a reason and how many layers it can have so it's accomplishing more than one thing at a time uh, but in addition to that knowing that I'm character focused uh, in the past maybe when I first started off I was just trying to figure out how to write a screenplay and how to put something together 
So I might have that scene like you talked about sitting in the restaurant talking or I might have some scenes that are just action like they're running to the car and they're chasing and there's fighting and punching. Uh, what I would hope now I have is more of that character focus on why that's happening. So if there's a car chase, you know exactly why that's happening and why that's important for the character. And um, one thing I took away from Telltale that I'll probably hit on and probably have before and probably hit on all the time is um, the campfire moments, we call them, where the characters get around a campfire and they start opening up to each other. And that doesn't have to be a campfire. That could be mm. while they're behind a car and bullets are whizzing over them and the guy's like, man, I never told you about the time that the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> bad example maybe. But that kind of stuff where it's it's all about these moments where the characters open up. And that's what I've been observing as a viewer too lately, that's when I get really engaged in a story is those moments when the characters open up to each other, man, there's this TV show I was watching recently. What is it? If I remember later, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back up. But I, I just remember like every uh, 30 seconds or so it's happening like that. Uh, actually it was Jack Ryan. I think it was, I think it was Jack Ryan and maybe it was in every 30 seconds, but, but they were doing a really good job of it. And I was very in tune with the way the writers were doing it because that's what I've been focusing on lately. And somebody go watch Jack Ryan and see if you think you agree with me or maybe I was just creating it in my head. <laughs> but that idea of that you're really getting to know who these people are and why everything matters to them. Nice. What about you, PT? Uh, I think for me it's uh, – I think Paul kind of said the word, but it's really the subtext. Like the mm-hmm. – in especially my early stuff, like people always said what, exactly what they meant and exactly what they were thinking. And, uh, you know, obviously real life isn't like that. And it took me a long time to kind of figure that, that out and to, you know, have people talk like they would really talk where there's where they're not always saying exactly what they mean. And I think, too, the more you can do that and the more you can have the, them hold back in, uh, in a lot of those conversations, the more powerful those campfire moments are when they do finally open up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's cool. Um, and then did we want to add any more onto that or do we want to kind of go into one of our other subtopics? Uh, I think we've uh, covered some good territory so far. Yeah. Cool. So we also wanted to talk about uh, pitching. And what I mean by that in this context is the idea of pitching in general, of course. Like if you're pitching to an agent, uh, whether it's literary or, you know, like a screenplay or a novel agent. um, Mm. But also how you present yourself as a writer. So once once you figure – and why this ties in is once you've figured out who you are as a writer – how do you present that? And this is something I harp on a lot is how do you present yourself to your audience, you know, your branding? Uh, how do you present yourself to the world? If you're reaching out to other authors or screenwriters or producers, make you look like a person who's focused and knows what they want instead of just like a rando who's like, hey, any chance you can help me? I don't know how you should help me, but help me, please. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> so well, any uh, wisdom there? Well, I think, you know, because I've experienced this, especially uh, last week I had a great phone chat with a, a guy who's a professional writer, asked me about scripts I'd already written, and I told him about that, and he's, you know, he really liked how they sounded, and he was like, you know, what are you working on now? And so right now it's this sci-fi adventure, and he said, well, what's the logline? And for the life of me, I just blanked. And yeah. and so I actually had to go, you know, go on my computer and look it up, because, I mean, I I know what it is, but I don't have it, you know, ready to go at the, at the moment's notice. And I realized, you know, and then it, he said, well, tell me, you know, what's the story about? And I kind of stumbled my way through it. And it's made me just, I didn't like that I had to do that. But I also realized afterwards why it was like that is because I wasn't, I'm still working on it. So the, the material's not set. So it's still very, you know, fluid. It's, you know, it's like jello. 
it's still very wobbly. So I don't have it firmly established in my head yet. So if you say, you know, what's the story about? I can give you like, you know, the, the five second elevator pitch, but that's about it. And I think that's, you know, works to a writer's advantage that it's not enough to say, you know, hey, I've got this script, but, you know, they're going to ask you questions about it and you have to be ready to answer those questions, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, you know, what's the, what's the, th- well, they don't ever ask what the theme is. Uh, <laughs> they say, you know, they, they want to know about the story and the characters and maybe if it's a, you know, a business meeting, they'll ask you more like things about the budget and production and that sort of thing. So I think knowing your material and being prepared to answer questions about it is probably the best way you can prepare for these kinds of things because, you know, you know, I know Justin had a meeting today, but he thought that, you know, what if Justin, you know, what if you, you know, met a friend and then you ran into this guy, like you were, you met a friend with coffee and then you met this guy said, oh, you know, this, you know, you know, this guy, he's a manager. So, oh yeah, what are you working on? You And are you, are you ready to go to like pitch whatever your, your, your best project is? Right. And yep. totally. For they, me, uh, of course, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally agree with that. The first the first time I ever pitched anything, like I had a really good, I was pitching to an agent and I had a really good like thirty second, uh, pitch for my for my script that I'd really really worked on, and I pitched it and he was like, "Cool, tell me more," and I was <laughs> I was like, "Uh, I do not," know. and I was like so unprepared for that that question that I did not know where to go from it, and I just yeah didn't go anywhere from there. But uh, the the other thing I'd say is that in the second time I pitched, uh, I made this error is that, um, you know, don't forget that you're like connecting person to person. And they, like the second time I, I did it and I might have told the story when we were talking about cons, but um, it was at uh, when we were at Gen Con with Justin and I were there and, and we were pitching an agent. I, I like walked up and introduced myself. I had a little time with this agent and uh, sat down and he said, Hey, how's it going? And I said, it's going well. So anyway, my story is and like, I launched right into <laughs> oh. it. And, uh, <laughs> and when I was done, he was like, so where are you from? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> he really let me know that I did not need to, uh, launch right into the story there. So that's awesome. Connect person to person a little bit before you <laughs> jump yeah. into the story. Don't be don't a PT. Waste your time. Yeah. You don't need to know me. You need to know my script. <laughs> that's right. My story. That's fun. Um, what I actually did, so today before I went into a meeting, and this is something I uh, kind of take from my time going through a lot of jobs. I used to love applying for jobs and going to job interviews. I don't know why. Uh, maybe the Weird. idea that it's always open. Yeah. I think it was the idea that there's always so much more potential, you know? There's always an idea that it could open a door to something humongous that could change your life. And and in that sense, I kind of like networking and doing these kind of meetings and whatnot because um, you never know where it can lead, right? It's exciting. Uh, so one thing I learned back in the day from my counselor at SICE, the uh, school I went to, was uh, I went in there and I showed her my resume and she's like, so what have you done? And I started talking about things. She's like, that's cool, but that's just a, random, a bunch of random stuff. Tell the story of how all that adds up to you being the perfect person for this spot, you know, if you're applying for a job or something. The perfect person for this because of all these things you've done in your life, even if they seem random, you know, figure out how to tell that story, you know. And so that's one thing I try to do now too is so I, I, what I did before my meeting today is I just pulled up a Google Doc on my computer because I know I can access it from my phone later if I want to glance at it right before going in. And I kind of did that with what's going on with what I'm working on now uh, based on a quick like 10 minute research Google check of who he is too so I can relate it to similar topics. And, and I pulled up you know like what scripts I'm working on and I put like the four main scripts that I might want to bring up along with their log lines. 
and then I put like a quick background of who I am, just like the main four things, so that if my brain's having a brain fart, as it often does, I can go, oh yeah, I was in the Marines and I did martial arts uh, teaching and I was a intel person and blah blah blah. You know, like these kind of things that might be relevant if you're talking about something and then trying to figure out how to kind of weave it all to a story. Uh, I think that's pretty important to the pitch because then when you get into the story, if you have a story of how that all leads into your novel or your screenplay or something, how you're the perfect person to tell it, uh, I think that can be very valuable and let them see you as not just a person who has a cool story, but the right person for that story. Mm. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a, and also one thing that writers especially need to remember when they're pitching to people, it's that you know you're pitching to an actual person. They're not just you know, they're not just their job. Like because I went to uh, no because because I went to uh, one of those pitch fests a couple of years ago, and I would you know because you have to wait in line till it's your turn to go in, and a lot of times you you're so close to the rest of the crowd, and I would hear other writers go sit down and talk to you know a producer or a manager and as soon as they sat down they would go into their spiel they would go into their pitch and i thought yeah you know that's seems a little pushy and so what i i decided i wasn't going to do that and so i would you know sit down and say hi how are you and i say how you know how's your day going you know just give them a chance to you know <laughs> feel like a human being yeah, yeah. Just, you know, let them know that, you know, you're not just there, you know, you want to, you know, granted, you want them to hopefully to lead to something, but you want them to know that you understand that, you know, they're probably having, you know, they've been sitting there for hours on end, just listening to people pitch story after story. You just want to give them a chance to breathe and just, you know, remember that they're people too. So, you know, it's, it's important to not always be in, I guess, uh, self-promotion mode. Yeah. Can I hit on that too for... Uh, in terms of presenting yourself at conferences. I remember being at, when you said that, I had a distinct memory pop into my head of being at the uh, Driscoll Bar at the Austin Film Festival. And I'm just another dude. I'm just a writer. So why was this guy who walked up to me <clears throat> suddenly pitching me? <laughs> it was so <laughs> weird. I remember just being hanging out there and just being there with a beer in my hand, you know. And um, my buddies are there and we're like, hey, how's it going to some guy? And uh, his buddy turns to me and says, hi, I'm Bob, or whatever his name was. My story is about blah, blah, blah. He started going on. I'm like, what the? <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you interrupt this guy? He was obviously a little socially awkward. Did, did you? Uh... What's that? I, I bought it, of course. I paid him a million dollars. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. No, it was really bad, too. So there's like, there's like <laughs> you know, uh, it's a good thing to work on your pitch and to do all that. But, but to Paul's point, the main point is to remember that you're networking and you're talking, you're forming a rapport mm -hmm. and um when i was going to these acting classes uh somebody had a good point i think it was my teacher <laughs> about when you go to these auditions and whatnot uh you don't want to just go there to do your audition you want to go there to form a relationship because maybe you're not right for that part but if you form that relationship then three parts down the road they might call you up and say we loved you remember that one time and we want to hire you now and it's the same idea with my buddy at the world bank he got a job two years after applying for a job at the world bank they remembered him they had his resume on mm -hmm. file they just pulled it up because he must have formed a relation and it's a similar idea with all these you never know uh john august on script notes always talks about horizontal networking and how we should be out there meeting people at our own level because those are the people who are going to rise up the ranks and are more likely to want to bring you up with them versus somebody who's already up there being willing to pull you up mm -hmm. nice and it's also important, uh, let's see if I, I just suddenly lost my train of thought, it's always about 
one of the things I always do, especially when I meet somebody for the first time, I make it about them. Because I don't like say, "Hey, how are you? I'm Paul. You know, this is what I've written, and these are the awards I've won." I, you know, I, I hate people who do that. So I always ask them about them. Like, what are you working on, and what's what's your experience? Because and a friend of mine put it extremely succinctly. He said, "Would you? How would you feel if you were at a cocktail party, and someone walked up to you, shoved their business card in your face, and said, "Hi, what can you do to to help me?" <laughs> and and nice. you know, sadly, I see that so much on social media. I mean. You know, if, I'm sure this has probably happened to both of you, like especially on like Twitter or Facebook. You know, you connect with someone, and the first thing they respond with is, "Hi, thanks for connecting. Hey, will you check out my video? Or hey, will you donate to my Kickstarter?" Like, what? You know, I <laughs> I don't even know who you are. Why would you suddenly just come to me asking for money or saying, "You know, I just want I just want you to boost my uh, number of views," and I just think, you know, that's just it's just bad form. Don't do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know we're running up to the end of our time. Anything else you wanted to add on it, guys? Uh, be nice to people. <laughs> Make, um, yeah. Hold on. I, I got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start working on that. Print that out. Put it on the wall behind your computer. Right, and if anybody out there it. listening can help us, feel free. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just joking. On other news, I recently found out that um, uh, Christian Bale might be in the next Thor movie, so that's kind of exciting. <laughs> oh, nice. I saw that at Beta Ray Bill. That's what they they would love to get him. For oh no way! That'd be awesome. That'd be crazy. Wouldn't that be? That was <laughs> that would be awesome. I just nerded out a second there. Sorry guys, <laughs> I'm back. I'm cool again. I know. I know. <laughs> no, that is exciting though, because I I learned about Beta Ray Bill when I was uh, doing my little Marvel stint there. At, oh nice. Uh, yeah, Tiny Co. So before that, I was as nerdy as I needed to be, but it <laughs> it, it upped my nerd game a little bit. Nice. They said NURB just now, which is even cooler. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's the end of it, guys. So, uh, yeah, as always, if you can leave a review, that's great. Subscribe. Tell all your friends. Uh, I'm Justin Sloan at Justin M. Sloan, and you can find my books on Amazon. I'm P.T. Hilton at P.T. Hilton, and I'm going to be nice from now on. <laughs> Aw. I, I changed somebody's life. Uh, and I'm Paul Seidman. You can find me online uh, at Maximum underscore Z on the Twitter. And feel free to check out my screenwriting blog at MaximumZ.blog. Go write something. Everybody go write something. Go write something. <laughs> we all did it. <laughs> <laughs>